0: So, dude, thank you so much for getting me, guys. He got me a the first ever Christopher Nolan film on Blu-ray, The Following,
1: the which, Criterion edition. Yeah, which is a yes. good film
0: for those who have not seen. Absolutely. Thank you, I appreciate that very much. But of course. Well,
1: before we start, I do want to give a quick shout out to Hannah, who filled in for me while I was on vacation. Yeah, she did a fantastic job. Yeah, going to put me out of a job. I'm I'm expecting you two weeks. Fine. Yeah, uh, the, you got him. <laughs> You get one more show after this, guys.
0: <laughs> Fucking
1: a. Um, but the reason I wasn't here, Dalton mentioned briefly, was that I was on a family vacation. Um, so while I did get him that, I picked it up for him. Dalton did pay me for the movie. I just found it, but on my trip, I did get Dalton a little gift. What? Yes. yes. I actually don't know what this is. You know, it's nothing crazy, but it's nothing crazy. But I was at an antique shop and I saw this, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> well, I have to get this for Dalton." It's a VHS of X-Men Days of Future Past Part 1. There you Shut go. the there you fuck
0: go. up. From like the fucking...
1: Yeah. Oh my God. And now you're probably thinking, that's really cool. But man, like part one, I'm never going to find part two of the VHS. You son of a bitch. Dalton, you don't have to. Because right here is X-Men Days of Future Past Part 2 on VHS. <laughs> Why the fuck?
0: Did you get this? <laughs> Dude, are you fucking serious? <laughs>
1: Bro, they had so many of like these VHSs and that I was fucking like crazy. that's 10 and 11. I'm not joking. They had one through like twenty. this is like
0: from the 90s show.
1: Yeah, they had
0: one through 20. I'm like looking at the times. I went, oh, days of future pass. Absolutely. Listen, if you don't think I'm going to drive to Shonda's house <laughs> and get the VHS that still works and bring it back, fucking watch me, dude. I will do it so fucking dude, fast. Do it and let me know because I want to watch these. I don't think I've seen them. They're good. They're super fucking good. <laughs> dude this I, I can't believe this this is fucking unbelievable thank you you're welcome I'm gonna put these over here hello everyone i'm dalton Rudette. i'm nick iricchio and we are the movie nights well some of them If you're watching this is because you want to hear our uncensored unfiltered thoughts and opinions about the world of movies and entertainment news so kick back relax and thank you for being part of the conversation um, we are very excited to announce that we have the cast and crew Some crew members of the upcoming short film Directed by Julia Morales called The Fallen mm-hmm. And they were very kind and gracious enough to Give us an interview time with them And uh, we're going to go ahead and cut to that now But before we go uh, Stick around after the interview for the rest of the show We still have a lot of fun stories And the box office of course to talk about Naturally yes But uh, for now I'm going to play a trailer for their upcoming film The Fallen And then it's going to go right into the interview Hope you guys enjoy
2: Eso estuvo diferente. Eso estuvo diferente. Estabas. Ahora. ¿Cómo? Estabas enojada, estabas.
0: Hello, everyone. I am so happy to say that we have some of the cast and crew of the upcoming short film, The Fallen, with us. Uh, You guys have seen Julian, Mr. Julian Morales, on the show before. He is an incredible filmmaker and a very good friend, and he's brought along some people who worked on the film with him. I'm I'm going to allow everyone to introduce themselves now.
3: Hi, my name is Carolina Spiroterra. I am the woman, which is the main character of the Fallen. And, I don't know, is there categories that we should go through to, like, introduce ourselves? Because that's all I got.
0: No, it's all good, you did great, it's, it's a free-for-all, it's all a battle royale here in the beginning. <laughs> I feel like we should add, like, a random, like, uh... What's your favorite color? Just something like, just something <laughs> random. red. Okay, ran- so we're all going to say three things about ourselves. Three, so yeah, it's an icebreaker. Say, are we nervous about college or are we ready? <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. So uh, my name is Andre. I play the twins, Raphael, Raphael and Gabriel. And my favorite color is purple.
4: <laughs>
1: oh, we got one. We got
4: one. <laughs> um, my name is Andrea. I'm the film composer for The Fallen. And my favorite color is
0: green. Hey, and you're wearing green. Representing the color. Absolutely. Julian, I know they meant you, but introduce yourself again. Okay. (laughs) Okay, Um,
5: My name is Julian Morales. I'm the writer-director of The Fallen. And my favorite color is red, but I'm not wearing it right now.
0: What? You mean mean after watching The Fallen, you mean this guy's favorite color is red? No way, dude. (laughs) What? I know. You know, I thought it was a misdirect. I was like, you know what? I bet it's purple the whole time. That's what I was thinking. I've never
1: guessed your favorite color based off the ones you've done. It's definitely not not blue. It's definitely
0: not blue based (laughs) off all my work. Yeah, no, absolutely not. But uh, thank you guys so much for being here. We really appreciate it. And I'm going to go ahead and dive into some questions. And uh, this is going to be fun. I'm going to start with Andrea. So, uh, first of all, I want to say amazing work in the film. I loved the score. And I wanted to go ahead and ask you, how did you come about being involved in this project? And what was it like, you know, hearing because like film and music, while they're the same, they're also really different mediums. But really what connects them is through emotion and how you're supposed to feel during the process. And how was that described to you and how did you use that to really score this film? So I was approached by Julian because we had
4: met because of a film that I worked with my friends prior And he was like, oh my God, come be the film composer for my film. And I was like, oh my God, we'll see. But I I read the script and I loved it. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to be part of it. And you're absolutely right. Like everything that you said about like film and music is 100% true. Like when it came about this score, it was a lot about like the footage that I had, you know, like and the footage that Julian was able to like give me with like so much like speed like but just looking at the scenes and like reading the script like like there's a lot that I had to like just make up from scratch you know because it's like emotion that's like implanted there and like the acting but it needs to carry like with the audience because that's the importance of like a film sport like the audience needs to take that and understand okay this is the woman's thoughts this is how the woman feels oh this is a dangerous situation oh this is something that's like tense you know like it's all these things that i have to read like with no music and i have to make it myself so it's very like it's a very fun process very difficult process but it's i think it's really rewarding when it all comes together and the film really came together to be like crazy i loved it
0: yes awesome awesome Um, my next question is going to be for andre so, uh, you play more than one role in this. I think that's okay to say. I know I'm not supposed to do spoilers. But uh, you play more than one role. Um, as an actor, I know that that can be sometimes challenging. And let's say I'm going to try to be vague as possible. Because <clears throat> you're kind of playing two sides of a similar coin. And I'm curious, you know, when you approach this type of thing, how did you really come into the mindset of separating two people?
2: Well, honestly, it's just like how both characters are different from each other even though they're twins Mm -hmm. um they're both in different circumstances so i guess basing off what um gabriel had to go through it really has to put you in a place of like i messed up i'm dealing with the consequences and now i have to face death and right in front of my face so it's it's more of like separating that from the other one who is a a gigolo (laughs) <laughs> and has to go through that kind of career, and being approached by the same woman, but in a whole different atmosphere. So I think one is more intense than the other, and the other one's calm, where it does kind of come full circle, and it both meets, like, that same intensity, no matter what. So it was uh, it was interesting, definitely going through it with Julian and Carolina, like, was trying to dis- uh, defer how to approach it, but. Finally, we were able to distinguish how to go about it. This is funny because um, Julian actually hit me up about the the film randomly. And <clears throat> during that time, I was in a bulking phase. So when he brought it up to me, he was like, yeah, you may need to be shirtless for like part of the scene. So I'm like, damn it, Julian. So now I had <laughs> like... A, like a, I had to go for, like, three weeks eating just straight, like, bland chicken, bland white rice, bland broccoli, and really, like, cut down to where I can at least get, like, that look of what um, jigglos are supposed to present themselves at, like, as a certain figure. Mm -hmm. So it was, like, it was dreadful because, like, the day of I still had to uh, – the day of the shooting um, with the scene within the house – I went to the gym before we started shooting and I didn't eat all day. So then finally once we um once we got some of this, the the shots down and thank god his fabulous mother made some good food, I <laughs> devoured everything. Like like and they they especially let me have like most of the leftovers afterwards just because of they knew how much I was like depriving myself of food just for this certain shot. But Oh, that was was so detrimental, but honestly worth it.
0: Carolina, question for you. Uh, I know that you've worked with Julian before. I've seen um, a lot. I I think I've seen all of Julian's short films. Maybe most. I've seen most of them. I know that. And I thought I recognized Andre. I definitely recognize you. Um, What was it like to not only be in another, you know, Julian Morales film, and how did you approach this character as compared to your previous times working with him? Because... While I could see some similarities with the character in this film compared to say, One Bad Day, there's also a huge fundamental emotional difference and approach to that. And I was curious as to how you kind of came to this role and what you used to kind of get there.
3: Well, yeah, for this role in particular, the the most challenging thing for me, and this was uh, a direction from Julian, is that um, unlike me, Carolina, like, Myself, I'm very expressive and I normally like to, I mean, if I'm, I normally uh, gravitate towards explosion type of emotions. And this character is completely the opposite. She cannot do that because she has to be, you know, very uh, cold and um, what's the word that I'm looking for? But you get the point that, that she's the opposite of emotion. She has to be very contained. So that was super challenging for me. And Julian gave me a, um, a list of uh, references, movies for me to to, to look at. And um, But yeah, mostly it was just really thinking on what's going on with my face or what's going on with my emotions and try to like calm down, like try to minimize it, if that's a word, mm-hmm. um, and try to keep it, everything to a minimum try to like keep it inside of me not like not show even though and then i think that's what what works when she does show a little bit of emotion um particularly with gabriel and that's the only time that i allow myself to like come out that you know very uh, sheltered um type of emotional character she she can show so that was challenging
0: partner yeah yeah nice and uh all right now, now i'm gonna go to julian i'm you know saving him for last actually before i go to julian you said that he recommended movies to watch just uh how many times has he recommended to each of you to watch blade runner i assume it's a lot <laughs> he did for
2: all the projects he recommends it even outside of a project
0: uh-huh
1: uh-huh, Julian, you don't. I know you just love ca- Blade Runner. Casual conversation. Wait, is it I got I tell everyone,
5: like even a stranger, like, hey, you, you gotta watch Blade Runner. <laughs> the
1: the the first one or 2049?
5: Ooh. Uh both, basically. Uh I like I kind of hold them both in the same regard as being like my favorite movies, basically, because it's kinda like because the second one is like there's the impossible thing where it's like meets the expectations and exceeds them and then the original you know was the one that laid the groundwork There wouldn't be 24-9 without the first one so so i hold them both in the same place in
1: america so kind of just blade runners just kind of a blade runner means all of it like you're saying, oh i'm gonna watch star wars it's like <laughs> i'm starting at one yeah. and, I, and i'm going to nine yeah it's kind of it's a blade runner
0: yeah no but both was the have, yeah, have both, you, both was the right answer. Have
1: you watched the, Um, wasn't there like an animated Yeah, like the Black Runner Lotus.
0: No,
3: uh, Black
5: Lotus. Yeah, it I good? saw that, and I really, really
0: like. Okay, I haven't had a chance to watch yeah, that Yeah, I gotta yet. check that out, too. I gotta check it out, too. But anyway, Julian, uh, you know, this film, first of all, amazing job. And I, I know I said it to Andrea, then I skipped. Everyone did great. I want that to be known. Wow, that's another interviewer mix-up. I said <laughs> one person did great and then just skipped everybody else. No, but uh, amazing job on everyone's fronts. And uh, Julian, you know, I'm really curious, uh, how did this idea come to you? And what were some of your visual inspirations? Because I love the way the film looks and the, how the film looks is directly tied emotionally to how it feels. So I wanted to know, you know, what feelings caused you to use this look and how did this story really kind of come into your mind?
5: Um, well, I, it's, uh, this kind of story about like uh, following an assassin character has been like kind of in my head for years, basically. But I just didn't know like what what story to put it towards. Basically, I just knew that I wanted this character, you know, portrayed in a film in my bed. Just didn't know what what journey to set her on or what story to do, basically. But like, but like surprisingly, like what kind of slowly started getting it going was like, you know, seeing like uh, like certain visuals in movies or just certain movies would come along. Like I remember a big one was actually the the teaser trailer for the Batman came out, which is kind of weird to say, but when that teaser trailer came out for the Batman, for some reason, like all these images started like rushing in my head with like, you know, the red blue lighting and like, and with like the woman, like by herself in her apartment and stuff like that. And then I was just like, okay, like I see like where this needs to go basically. And then, uh and then I watched a lot of, uh, a lot of films from uh, Paul Schrader's filmography movies that he's written or directed. So like taxi driver, uh light sleeper uh first performed or his new movie the card counter paul schrader was like instrumental to this film in regards to inspiration and then um and then of course some uh some like nicholas Winding Refn uh films like uh drive and that was one of the that was like the main film that i uh, recommended to carolina in regards to performance Cause like Ryan Gosling at that moment, like, well, even still, like he's kind of like just like the master in American cinema for like minimal acting pretty much. So like, so that and then the visuals. And then um, actually, and then also um, there's this director, um, Steve McQueen that he made a uh, widows, 12 years of slaves and uh, shame and shame. I recommended to Andre actually. And um, the way that he and the cinematographer Sean Bobbitt show like, uh, do close-ups that they're like very close and they hold them it was very inspirational for the climax scene between um, Andre's character and Carolina's character when they like have that showdown in the in the bedroom basically um, so yeah it was basically that and then like uh, and like watching some like Kurosawa films actually like samurai films like with like the loneliness and like the stoic like you know um, regimen to just like sticking to like your job and like Basically, But, but then I, I wanted to have that psychological element that Carolina's character is going through and, and the knight goes back to Taxi Driver, basically. So all of that basically a, went all together in this uh, mishmash, basically. And then I came up with this story with Carolina. And yeah, <laughs> that's what went into this story.
0: That's amazing. Three things. One, what an incredible, elegant answer. You know, I I, <laughs> threw, I threw a curveball question and he like nailed each point of it. Two, thank you for bringing up First Reformed, because that movie rules, and no one ever talks about it. It came and went, and I remember coming home. I lived with you at the time, and yeah. I was like, bro, Ethan Hawke just probably gave, like, one of the best acting performances I've ever seen. And, and like, I remember keep talking about it. And then you also brought up Drive, and Nick will even tell you, anytime someone brings up Drive, I mean, I have to watch it tonight now, and that's on you, Julian. We've got to so, watch The Drive. We're going to watch The Drive. The Drive. You watching, right? I know. I know. It's every, I mean, whenever you get the chance, really. Yeah But uh, yeah. Uh, but something I, I kind of want to throw at everybody um, You know the filmmaking process It is such a Incredible amazing Collaborative thing like to me And you know Julian can also attest to this like, you know, There's nothing else quite like the filmmaking process And one of the things I love is when everyone's on set And you know everyone's either in character Or in their positions And then suddenly something that was maybe Perceived as one way Kind of turns into something else So basically my question is was there ever a moment on set where everyone was on all cylinders, firing on every best corner of what they can do and created something incredible. Like what was the onset moment where you were like, damn, this is gonna be something special. That was
5: basically almost like every day, basically it was (laughs) like that. Like, it's it's honestly insane, like how much like with this like um, film, like during the production and also with post-production and pre-production, like literally every single person that was involved, like, put like everything into it basically. And like, and that, but like for that particular moment, I, I guess like um, for me, the top moment was on the la- was on the uh, last uh, first weekend of filming, which was uh, everything inside the bedroom uh, scenes like, so everything with the red, blue lighting. Mm-hmm. That day in particular, uh, w- that was actually the, the only day where we had every person on the set in regards to cast and the crew. Because uh, the first two days of filming, I only had, like, some crew members, basically. Because, like, uh, because for those first two days, like, it wasn't, there weren't any, there weren't any dialogue scenes, really. So, everything was, like, just visuals. And then, for the last day, everything was dialogue heavy. And then, that's when I needed everyone. And then, like, while filming, like, I remember that day, like, I was particularly, like, like, really, like, uh, feeling the pressure of, like, filming and, like, and, like, how, like, you know, big everything was. And then um, and then at the time, like the script, like there was something about it that didn't feel right still like with the dialogue. And then like during the lunch break, uh, Carolina, Andre, we like uh, had our break, we ended our break early and then everyone else was eating. And we went uh, onto the set and we basically were like, okay, we need to like figure this out and like, you know, like see like how we can do this, you know, in a way that's like better or like in a way that like that you guys, you know, will like feel it. And then like, it'll come through in your performance. And then, like we basically like, yeah, we like overhauled the script from like the the confrontation scene, like the climax of the scene towards like the end, so like we almost like kind of like rewrote the script at the moment, basically, and like reblocked it and like restaged like the the scene with the two of them, so yeah, I really gotta hand it to these guys like like that was like a particular moment that we were like really like all like all six cylinders were like you know on fire and then and then Andrea had a very short timeline to do the score. So that was another moment that went on for a long time where Andrea was like firing all six cylinders and like coming up with something new every time. And then like, she was very responsive to the notes that I would give her to like, when she would send me new stuff and yeah, like literally, like literally from beginning to end, it was like, everyone was like hitching in and like making the film better because everyone that was there was there.
0: Awesome. That was see. I need to take notes on how to like talk really nice about my casting group. Like, don't me wrong. I don't talk like I don't talk shit, but it's just like you know, like that was like dang. Now, like anyone who sees this is gonna go. If he doesn't speak to me like that every single time, I I'm mean, done. You know, I'm
1: here now and I'm gonna expect it. Oh, great. So you great. know, thanks Thank you. for that. I Thank appreciate you, Julian. that. I
0: appreciate that. You're you're setting the bar too high for me over here. Yeah, what, a,
1: what a fantastic answer though. that, you was, know, that it was, was great. It,
0: it was <laughs> it was great. And um, for Andre and for Carolina was there ever a an amazing blooper that happened because i love bloopers on set was there anything like
2: i think um the the time where the location where we were outside and it's carolina facing um gabriel we were swarmed i was swarmed by mosquitoes and (laughs) i was tied. i was on my knees tied up and i was saying there and all you can see is Carolina just swiping them all away the from my face like this, like getting so close where she's about to smack me. And we're like, everyone else is starting to get bit. So we're like, do we just rush this scene? I'm like,
1: no, just do it.
2: Please just shoot it. And then we we were able to get the scene like that. But that was just like a, a very funny moment during the whole process.
1: <laughs> Release the mosquito cut.
3: <laughs> it was funny, but for me it was also kind of um a weird experience because i knew you Andre, were like um tied up so you couldn't yourself so it kind of helped me i had
2: my personal swatters to like
3: have compassion over you and that was that was helping my character
2: i know that's breaking her out of character
3: but no seriously seriously it's like I, i kind of felt bad like oh and that was not expected, that was not, but that- No, definitely planned. not, definitely
2: not planned. I would hope so, Julian.
3: Not I don't think Julian- planned. Yeah, it
2: was not planned. <laughs> cause cause
3: yeah. it's
5: funny cause the, yeah. Cause it's funny cause the day that they were talking about we had to go back there to do the scene again. And then, but like the first time we were there we didn't have that problem. Like there weren't uh, any kind of flies like that. And but then of course, like within a week like it's like the climate changed already. And then like, and then also the sun set faster even. I remember that, and like, yeah, and we're we we're, wiped
2: we're by a body of water too, so it's like doesn't even help.
5: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was it was very unexpected, but like, yeah, that was kind of funny. But like I remember we're like I was like Carolina, stop trying to like swap the flies. I know it's I know it looks bad, but you got to stop <laughs> so we just get out of here quicker. Yeah, that was funny, but at least you know the shows she had genuine concern for her co-star. yeah, so, yeah. Know, least, yeah right. so there is that.
0: Yeah, see, I, I spoke too soon about Julian being a good guy. I bet you he looked immediately at the, at like the reports, and he probably Googled, like, what day is going to have the most mosquitoes <laughs> and was like, that's when we're shooting. I need, I, I need, I need them on their toes. where did uh, you guys <laughs> film, mainly? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a great, that's yeah, a great question. Guys- uh, what was your guys' main filming locations?
5: Uh, we filmed primarily, uh, it was like a mix of um, Coral Springs, uh, Miami Gardens, and Fort Lauderdale.
1: Ah, I'm a- I'm actually from Coral Springs.
5: That's where I filmed like all like the driving scenes
1: mm-hmm. for
5: like that short little uh, montage. So that was in downtown Maine. So four different locations.
1: What um nice. what part in Coral Springs are you in, if you remember?
5: Uh yeah, that was um it's it's this um area just off, off of the Sawgrass, uh, the Sawgrass ex- Expressway. Yeah, so it's like off Sawgrass and Atlantic. That there's this place uh, called a le- uh, a levee. And then, um, so we found this little spot where, like, because like people tend to go there a lot to watch the sunset because at that, because yeah. uh, at that location you can see the sunset on the horizon, and uh, mm-hmm. so people tend to line up there to uh, to see it. So we always so we had to like go to a place where like people wouldn't be watching uh, someone get fake executed. So <laughs> so, uh, so so that was kind of funny. But like, yeah, it was kind of funny that like that no one ever like came and like walked into the middle of the scene because uh because you because we went there there was a lot of people there but thankfully that didn't happen yeah
1: yeah that's um i'm originally from there and that's literally like the exit i get off on so i know exactly where you're talking about and it it gets it gets packed yeah they were in your neck of the woods yeah exactly yeah and um literally the exit (laughs) yeah
0: like like they they weren't in the neck they were in my they were they were in my house yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) they're actually in your backyard (laughs) No, um, yeah, dude, you mentioned, like, it's funny no one, like, came up upon filming. Dude, that is the anxiety of that. (laughs) Like, like, recently, like, the most recent film we shot, I made sure both locations, primarily, we were at, were at places where, like, there were no people. Like, I literally begged my, well, not begged, I asked my friend, I was like, can I please use your entire weekend to film at your house mm-hmm. and he harry allen god bless you he was lovely enough to be like yes you can and i'm like thank you because the last time we tried to make something it just like that happened all the time like just people either interfering or you're like there's an actor in a really emotional scene and then someone's in the background like what are you guys doing and it's like god <laughs> damn it
1: i remember when we filmed uh we did filming days for one of the shorts at a coffee shop mm-hmm. that closed early yeah. to let us go there. And people were walking by trying to get in. Open like, the, try, yeah, just banging yeah. on the door trying uh-huh. to get in. And it's like, are you guys open? It's like with all the cameras, lights, and someone with like a stab wound?
0: Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm we're definitely so. definitely <laughs> serving <laughs> coffee right now. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. Let us get the espresso machine yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah, But, uh, but I- I'm actually going to throw another question to Andrea. So um, Jul- Julian had mentioned you you had kind of a rush timeline in doing this, um, you know, d- did that really kind of, because what I find a lot in terms of a creative process is, you know, when you have certain limitations, it kind of forces you to be creative. So I was wondering, you know, in those little challenges that you had, did it kind of bring out something to really kind of help get the project done on a certain timeline or kind of, what was that experience kind of like? It was originally like difficult because like, he had asked me to do the score
4: while I was like in a very busy semester. Like I was in like my second to last semester of undergrad and I'm an art student. So like, I like all my classes are studios and all my studios are three hours and all my like schoolwork is like project-based and like, I'm very, very dedicated to like, you know, my art because you know, that's like what I intend to do for the rest of my life. So It was hard to because you know it was like this is some a project that you know obviously like i signed a contract you know i'm on like doing it on the side but then there's like my other responsibilities that are like you know deadlines that i have to meet like now like for school because i gotta graduate you know we're not ready for college but you know i had we kind of like came to like an understanding more like a forced understanding because like I'm like you said I'm the type of person that um like I think it's really hard to create when you're not in the right headspace to create for especially for such an emotional like thing to do like creating scores is definitely a taxing job because of how much you have to like sit with like your understanding of whatever feeling or whatever emotion I need to portray orally so it's like I got to really sit down like I had to really be the woman like writing this score because you know like it's really like just like the whole score is really just a trip through the woman's mind like this is a whole experience of one person but I mean luckily Julian had the trust in me to like you know knock out the score in a very short time frame once I finished my semester and I told him I was like I could do it like I swear like Cause I had already like mentally prepared. I'm going to finish it. I can finish it. I know it's going to be fine. I know what I'm kind of going to write. I was already like ready to write, you know, like, and when I get in those moods, I'm like, I know that like, it's going to be fine. Cause like, I have a lot of confidence and like, just keep it going, keep it moving. You know, like, so yeah, I knocked it out in like what? Three days, three, three or two, Julian?
5: Yeah, you did. I was, I was like i was like oh shit she
4: did <laughs> yeah yeah, like I, say, yeah oh I probably God. i yeah, probably like, sent him like two two scores and then like the other five or four i did yeah. in like two three days wow yeah
5: because yeah, like, uh, like yeah because like earlier that month like she already had sent me like uh well one of the one of the uh tracks she sent me was pretty much like the finished thing done yeah. pretty much and, and then which was the opening and then and then you sent me a second one that was like still in the works and then and then like uh, then like you know we talked about you know like the whole like that like you know I need that I really need like the rest of it and then like and then the, that three days that like, you literally said like okay in these three days I'm going to finish it and then you literally finished it in those three days just like you said pretty much
4: Technically, yeah. I finished it, like, day two because I wanted, I only gave myself day three, oh, just in case. Flexing, flexing herder. <laughs>
0: <Yeah.
1: laughs>
5: because, because Not only did she do it in three oh, days, she did it in two days. <laughs> I
4: was really stressed out and I felt so bad because, like, I'm usually really good with time management, but, like, that semester was just really crazy and, like, school was just, like, really demanding of me. And I really, yeah. and I really wanted to give everything I possibly could to the score because, you know, I cared about this film and I thought it was great and I think like me putting like that score to the film it's like it's like a fitting puzzle piece like I really think like we both worked really well together in that sense like visuals and sound like are moving together and I think that's the best part of like the film really like I think it it, like everything moves so smoothly like the way the actors like act and the way the emotion goes like the way the sound carries the emotion then the visuals and they're all awesome lighting because I love the lighting. Like it shows, like everything goes together. So I'm glad I made it work for the short time frame that I had. But I mean, I told them, bless. trust me, I got Blush.
5: it. Yeah, trust bless me, your heart because you really, yeah, you really brought it. Like it's crazy. <laughs> it's it's honestly insane. Yeah, and then a quick little thing about the lighting that I wanted to mention is that the the red blue lighting uh, half of that is attributed to Andre. Actually, are very. Start here because he work. he works at a uh, production house and um at the time we only had the red light and then i was like oh no, like uh, i wasn't able to get the red light so i guess like you know like i'll just have to settle for that then i'm just like i can get you <laughs> lights i have them at work and i was like can you and then yeah and i'm say he freaking like came through with a suitcase full of like these like you know like little like uh, <laughs> rgb led lights and then like I when to- I first, <laughs> yeah. And at first yeah, I it was, I was it's funny. Like,
2: yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, it was funny because like like I think um I think we're gonna settle with that. But I was so eager to use these lights. I was like, I have them, please use them. And then finally, <laughs> we're able to like come to come to an agreement. Like, okay, we'll use it for this scene. I'm like, thank
1: you. I mean that. That's just impressive restraint all around. Because if you gave me like a bunch of colored lights, I'd be like, all right, this scene's red. This scene's blue. This one's going to be
0: purple. We're going to get some green, yellow, everything. I I would take him to my office job and just be like, you guys are going to have to deal with this. And I would just turn him on. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I'm
1: just hung up on that that, uh, Andrea thinks that two days is... Bad time management for yeah. a film—that's
0: incredible. And they're like, well, well, what I was gonna point out, like, one, like, obviously, it's really impressive, but two, I was gonna say, like, what an emotionally draining two days. Yeah. <laughs> like, that had to be like, because you know, like, well, one, it's yeah. emotionally draining because, like, you know, it's you're on a time crunch and you're working, and everyone knows what that what that's like. But then she's doing the score for like a deeply emotional film, and she has to like sit in the emotions of these people like for <laughs> yeah. two straight days with almost no break yeah i was just like dang she was saying it took two days and i'm like oh man i need i need a ton of therapy after that." <laughs> <laughs> and
1: five days recovery after that
0: i literally locked myself in the sound room at
4: my institution and i was like you know what i'm not gonna leave here until i like do this one this one and that one and like i would take breaks you know like it was really i honestly think i did a great job i really knocked it out i no, didn't feel you like did. you're super did. stressed i so. wasn't like I wasn't like, oh, my God, this sounds awful. I was really proud of what I did. Like, I felt good about it. I felt like it went with the film perfectly. Like, everything worked out the way. And then I knew it would. I literally told him. I was like, bro, don't worry. Like, I'm going to finish the score. Like, don't worry. And Julia just, was just worried. imagine if she
2: had a month yeah like we we all we all had a month to finish the film we had so much (laughs) I had
4: so much time he gave me so much time but like I just for me really it truly is like when it's when it's here and it that's when it's happening I'm very bad when people are like oh yeah like when people are like oh in two weeks I need something I'm like oh (laughs) I don't know Uh, if I can uh, do that but I'll give you something good you know like I never like I will never give like, cause you know, it's my work, you know? And my work is representative of myself and Mm. it's a professional job. Like this is like something that is my responsibility as well. So it's really important to like give what exactly he's looking for, you know? Like Julian gave me a lot of recommendations and I'm gonna be very honest. I didn't listen to a single one.
5: but yeah i figured i figured because because like i literally s- i sent her a whole bunch of uh, trent bresner atticus ross nine yeah. nails because that's what i was using as a temp score and then she comes back with the tracks and i'm like this sounds nothing like what i was recommending to you but that's why i loved it i was like yeah. you know you didn't you didn't just say like okay i'm literally gonna just do a cover of this track that julian sent me like you just went and did your own thing which is why i'm especially proud of what you did and impressed
4: i did listen to a couple suggestions because you know i'm not that bad like i definitely did <laughs> i definitely did especially for gone girl because that one was a good one that was a good and mm. for me i think for this film like i think oh i think dune came out around this time and y- i gave you a score and you were like oh my god i was literally thinking about how dune did something like that and i was gonna ask mm. you to do it and you already did it i was like
5: straight yeah, was my cool like.
4: straight minds <laughs> like you know exactly but yeah,
5: and Andrea has the album on Spotify that she Ooh. did on the movie. Ooh. so you could have listened to the score separately on Spotify. There is also that Ooh.
4: Original, awesome. motion <laughs> original motion picture soundtrack,
5: original motion picture soundtrack for The Fallen bon
4: on Andre Spotify. Moreno. It's so good <laughs>
5: by Andrea right, I know You gotta listen <laughs> to it.
4: The best one, the best
0: one is The Woman.
5: Yeah, The That's Woman track is like.
0: So good. Uh, I'm going to uh, wrap this up with a final question, but I want this this question is addressed to everyone, and I want everyone to answer it because I'm sure everyone's going to have a different uh, approach. I mean, a similar but a different answer. And uh, so I'm going to start with Julian, then Carolina, then Andre, then Andrea. And the question is: If the audience could take away one thing from this film, what would you want that thing to be?
5: Uh, I, I just I just hope that they that they see you know all the hard work and the passion that went into the film from everyone that worked on it. Basically. Like I, I just want them to you know see what we did and just be like, wow, that's really impressive that they did what they did with what resources that they had and and that they were able to do in this amount of time. And yeah, that that's that's really that's really what I want. Like that's like the main thing that I want for people to take away from the film.
3: Um. I mean, really, there's no—I don't think there's a morally highlight of the movie. But um, I like the, the, the character it. of the of the woman in the sense that she's struggling, and everybody can, you know, identify with that. However, her approach to um, solving issues might not be the best to follow. So I would just say to people to let, um, you know. Emotions sink in, just take their time, you know,
0: just enjoy
3: people suffering.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you, that was the best possible yeah. answer. Like, that that was the answer I wanted to hear. That Ple- was take it. pleasure in the pain. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Hey, there's so many dramas out there that people just watch for like more an hour 15 minutes. Yeah,
5: miniseries, eight hours, ten right? hours. People <laughs> suffering. <laughs> so
3: yeah, just just embrace pain, embrace suffering.
2: <laughs> I think uh the one thing that the audience could take away is just a matter of like understanding where a person stands in a certain situation that revolves around the life that they chose to live and i guess seeing like seeing that there's beauty in everything uh even like death itself but obviously not going the same approach carolina saying like yes let them suffer enjoy it do all this stuff but it's more of a matter of just being um what's the word uh I would say like compassionate and considerate of like where a person stands and like how it is that they kind of uh, can sense where they're wrong and allow them to be expressive in that way. But from this film, they're going to get a bunch of different feelings from the situation that's being uh, shown to them. So hopefully they just gain a better understanding of like, dis- disallow things to be and certain things will fall into place and let, let uh enter itself
4: just to just to piggyback off what Andre was saying like I think like within like understanding like I guess the choices that one's that, that one makes I guess I hope that people take away from this film like the importance of contemplation as well because that's such a big theme in this film that like you know is very like I think it's definitely becoming a lot more popular I think in modern day film but like I think we don't appreciate it as much because like it's 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 so like you know you're just in someone's head you know like but it's so important in understanding like the main character of this film and like why they do the things that they do and like like the importance of contemplation and like even in like contemplation in Spanish you know what I mean like in their like you know native language like that's something else you know like that people don't really think about like because I be thinking in Spanish sometimes I'm like I'm not like oh wow like but it's like important to like you know because it's your thoughts you know like so to like even switch from that to that like I feel like it's important for people to take that away and I think another, another like little sticky note of that contemplation idea the importance of a score behind contemplation like I really think like when you're in your head you want the soundtrack of your life playing you know what I mean like you want your your story to be like in your in your earbuds you're like oh my god like I'm just going through life like whatever like this is what I'm (laughs) listening to you know like so yeah sound is super important in that as well so
0: yeah Thank you guys so much for doing the interview. Um, all of you are fantastic. Everything you've done on the movie is great. The film is great. All of you should be very, very proud of it. We cannot wait for it to be publicly released. Julian, can you give us some details as to maybe when that's going to happen?
5: Well, the film is currently in its festival run. It just began, and right now, uh, the only way you can see it is on uh, July 27th at Silver Spot, Miami, for FilmGate's uh Uh, monthly festival right now it's their um subtitles month for july so right now that's the only way you're going to be able to see it on the big screen and then after that if you follow um on instagram the following short film that's where i will post updates on where else you can watch it in the near future
0: awesome awesome well thank you guys so much it was a pleasure speaking with you and i can't wait to see what you guys do next yeah thanks for coming on
5: thank
2: you sir Bless.
5: Thank you for having us.
0: Thank you. You can find links to the Spotify music, to the trailer to the film, to buy tickets for the film, all in the description of the video, or if you're an audio listener in the audio place below. And we thank them again for coming onto the show. We really appreciate it. And we hope you guys check out their film. It is really, really good. So naturally the next thing we're gonna do is (laughs) the box office.
1: Uh before we get that real quick, before we go into the main topics too, I do just want to give a quick little shout out. Uh Two episodes ago, I believe it was, I mentioned a TV show I watched called The Bear on FX. It was the one I mentioned had uh, the guy who played Micro from The Punisher, as well as a Jon Bernthal cameo, and starred the guy from Shameless. Um, we don't really do a lot of TV show news here, but because we talked about, it, I want to shout it out one more time.
0: They got a season two renewal, so that know, is awesome. Just a quick little, and you know, I I've heard you were the first person to put it on my radar. Yeah. Everyone else who's watched the show, just like you have given it rave reviews, I am at some point before I die going to check out the show. I highly recommend it. it. Yeah. It, it sounds really interesting and yeah. I want to watch it. So
1: just wanted to, you know, congrats on season two and, uh, yeah. Box office.
0: Box office! All right. Will you pull up our predictions, please? Yes. <clears throat> Read them off.
1: All right. So, uh, Hannah's list was Thor, Minions, Elvis, Top Gun, and Jurassic World. Okay. Dalton's was Thor, Minions, Top Gun, Elvis, and then Where the Crawdads Sing. Mine was Minions number one.
0: <laughs> I fucking forgot you did that.
1: Minions Mayhem. Thor, Top Gun, Elvis, and Crawdads in fifth. Um, I did not look at the comments to see if Kyler or Harry had put theirs in. I don't think so.
0: But regardless, everyone was wrong. <laughs> Woo! Except for Nick, who got Minions number one, right? <laughs> no. So, coming in first was Thor Love and Thunder, making $46.6 million. a drop, 68%, which is lower than you'd like to see. However, it's the same as Doctor Strange 2. It's the same as Spider-Man No Way Home. The more money your movie makes opening weekend, the more it's going to drop. So, while on paper it's not the best, um, it's still... The movie's made a lot of money, which we'll get into its final worldwide... Not final, but its current worldwide total here in a second... Coming in second was *The Minions: Rise of Gru, making another $26 million, only dropping 42% from week two to week three. Coming in third, Where the Crawdads Sing. I did not expect it to open as high as it did. It made about $17 million in its opening weekend. Coming in fourth was Top Gun Maverick, making $12.2 million in its eighth week. And coming in fifth was Elvis, making $8 million in its fourth week. And I do want to point out another movie open that I'd forgotten about called Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank. It opened sixth and made um, $6 million. Mm-hmm. But um, something I want to point out, I'm going to go into the Pause of Fury here for a minute. It's made $6 million on a budget of 45 mm-hmm. Do- So, now, hey, it could stick around because yeah. it's a kid's film, but it's not looking fantastic for them. Do you know a little information about that movie?
1: Please give it to me. So it was originally titled Blazing Samurai. Now, Mel Brooks is in the cast. Yes. Yeah. Mel Brooks is in the cast. Uh, he also wrote the screenplay and is listed as executive producer. Nick. Because I don't know what the final looks like. Nick.
0: Yes. Are you telling me? Yes. That this was going to be Blazing Saddles, but for kids? Yes. With Samurais. Why are we Why, why so, are we doing the show right so now? I don't know if
1: that. what the final product looks like. Yeah. But in its genesis, mm-hmm. that was the original intent of the movie. So I can see why maybe it's not making so much money. <laughs> I love Blazing Saddles. I think it's a very funny movie. Dated. I watched it recently, and a lot of those jokes. It's, I was it's, like, it's, I was.
0: It's fantastic.
1: <laughs> Some of the jokes. I was like, Ugh, nope. All right.
0: It's all. It's all. It's all great. Everything's fantastic in it. It makes no one is safe, and that's why it's a great movie. But no uh, one. I I I
1: I'd be interested to see the animated movie just to see what exists of that, if any.
0: Yeah. I me too yeah. me too we should check it out uh, I'm gonna dive into Elvis a little bit the one that came in fifth yeah total worldwide total is 186 million on a budget of 85 it's made two point two it's I think by next week it'll be profitable mm-hmm. uh, now we're gonna move on to Top Gun Maverick it has made 1.2 billion dollars it has officially made 7 point2 times its budget back I think you say Paramount's pretty happy with that a little bit yeah where the Croods, sing as I mentioned, made seventeen million. It has not opened worldwide in markets yet. On a production budget of twenty-four, so maybe by next week or not, or the week after, mm-hmm. unless it suddenly disappears from the box office, which would be a shame. It should be on its way to profitability. We're just not quite there yet. Um, Minions: The Rise of Grooves, worldwide total five hundred and thirty-three million dollars so far, so far, so far. On a budget of eighty, it has made six point seven times its budget back minions mayhem at the box office and of course thor 11 thunders worldwide total 498 so tomorrow it'll pass 500 million yeah. worldwide on a budget of 250 so it's about two times the budget back it'll be profitable tomorrow so anything made after tomorrow is making so, them money
1: so those two do you think they have the stretch to go to the billion or do you think they don't they don't get it I don't I, the speed that they're doing it, I don't know what it I don't that
0: think either like. of them will no I honestly think minions is a better shot uh-huh. because comedy doesn't play well overseas mm-hmm. but the minions are loved overseas mm-hmm. but the th- comedy that's in Thor I don't think will carry well in other countries as it does here And I think that it's going to come right around where Dr. Strange is at, like 950, like right below. Because I think Dr. Strange's final number was like 947. So you think they'll both
1: clear like eight? Mm -hmm. Maybe.
0: I think that's the line. I think plus or minus eight. Yeah. It could be where they end up, especially just with other movies coming out. So uh, what did you guys think about the box office? And before we go, let's predict next
1: week. Oh, also just a quick note. I know it wasn't in the top five, but... uh, did black phone cross 100 mil
0: it did i'm gonna pull just that up quick, right now
1: uh, you know just a quick little black
0: phones current total 114 million worldwide on a budget of 18 hells yeah
1: that's awesome good for them congrats just it's a, very
0: awesome We're about the shout outs today we are about the shout outs all right all right bruv predictions here we go
1: all right what what this week we have nope right that's, yes that's the big one for yes. this week yes all right do you want to go first or shall i i'm gonna go first You're going to go 1st All right, hit me with it.
0: Nope, number one. Okay. You heard me. All right. Thor, number two.
1: Okay.
0: Minions, number three. Top Gun, number
1: four.
0: (laughs) Where the Crawdads Sing, number five. Ooh. I think Crawdads is going to drop two. Top Gun's going to hold. And I think Nope is going to open. Because I think next week, Thor's going to make around 20 million. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think nope will open to thirty plus. Mm. That's my prediction.
1: All right. Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go that Thor's still gonna be top dog. Okay. Then I'm gonna go with a nope. I'm gonna go with the minions. Basically, the same as yours, Top Gun. And then crawdads.
0: But you're putting, you're flipping Thor and. I'm I'm, nope. I'm
1: flipping Thor and nope. I think that I think that Thor's gonna. Gonna go, and I'll tell you why. You know what it is? I think Nope's gonna have a fan. If it's a great movie, then view embargo drops 24 hours before, Mm -hmm. which either means there's a giant spoiler they don't want out, or or it's bad, it's bad. But also, like, the spoilers are up in 10 minutes, so really, yeah. So if it's fantastic and it's a spoiler thing, I think you're gonna get a lot of word of mouth, and it's gonna have a better second weekend. That's true, but its first one. I don't because the marketing. I feel like it hasn't been marketed. You know
0: let's let it. That's true, but let's do a fun experiment. Let's yeah. see what Get Out and Us open to.
1: Because like because I
0: know Get Out did better as it went on, but I think Us had a pretty high opening weekend. I
1: just remember these giant marketing campaigns for Get Out and Us, like with the golden scissors and everything, mm-hmm. and I feel like Nope didn't have any of that.
0: So here you go. Get Out's opening weekend. I believe it made thirty three million dollars. Okay. Us, opening weekend, 71. 70?
1: I'm deeply regretting my choice. You already made it. No, I mean, I'll stick with it. It's not fun if we're the same, you know.
0: Gonna... I mean, hey, if you want to change, it's okay. No,
1: I'll stick with it. I think Thor. I think Thor gets it.
0: All right. All right. What do you guys think is going to happen next week at the box office? Let us know as we move on to our next story. Um, What were your thoughts on Solo?
1: You know, I liked it.
0: I did too. I
1: I had no issues with it. I think the whole thing of, in that recent thing when Kathleen Kennedy was like, yeah, we," you know, the issue is in recasting the characters, like we should just, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Alden Ehrenreich was fine as Solo. Like it, uh-huh. was a, it was a very good, especially like given all the production issues it had. Yeah, like Release the, fact the that, Lord
0: and Miller cut you coward.
1: The fact that it's a comprehensible put together movie, unlike like Justice League, is astounding. And I think it's one of the better entries into the universe. I think Rogue One's better.
0: We can agree to disagree on that. But yeah, now. The reason why I bring that up is because you mentioned Alden Aram Reich, who played Han Solo in that film. Yes, I think he did a terrific job in that movie. Mm-hmm. He made the characters, and he didn't do a Harrison Ford impression. I'm so glad he didn't because I would have been annoying quickly, mm-hmm. looking at you, Donald Glover with Lando. But I think that um, <laughs> that's fine, though. I think that um, him keeping the mannerisms and the DNA of Han Solo, but doing his own thing, yeah. worked well. But he hasn't done a whole lot since then. I mean, he's done some indies, and he recently did the Brave New World series. Mm-hmm. But um, Deadline is reporting that he just got cast in the Ironheart Marvel series that's coming to Disney Plus soon. I'm going to take this from the article. Solo star Alden Ehrenreich is f- set for a key role in Marvel's Ironheart series for Disney Plus. Ironheart will star Dominique Thorne as Marvel character Ruby Williams, a genius inventor and creator of the most advanced suit of armor since Iron Man. Anthony Ramos is also aboard as well. Chikina Hodge will, was recently tapped to be the head writer on the series, first announced as being developed during Disney's Investor Day presentation in December of 2020. It is unknown who Reich will be playing in the series. It's officially unknown, but I, I heard something, Nicholas. Go on. So that is official, everything I just said. What I'm about to say, do not run with. This is just me, something I heard in the grapevine. Yeah. This is not official, not part of the story is a rumor. I've heard he's playing the son of Obadiah Stane. Oh, hell yeah. And if that's true, that would be awesome. I don't know that, though. I don't know.
1: I could see that. My concern with that would be that Ironheart's a completely different character from Iron Man. Mm -hmm. And I feel like having a villain, I mean, maybe he's not a villain, maybe he helps her, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like that ties it too much to Iron Man.
0: Well, I mean, it's... It's going to be a lot know, to Iron good. Man. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... Especially Armor Wars and all that. If that happens. <laughs> I know you just
0: want the show so badly. It's so bad.
1: <laughs> um, I, I'll i take it. I'll be down for that. Give me some more, some more uh, Obadiah staying Give me more of the Stain family.
0: The Stains. The Stains. Yes, yes, I'm excited too. What do you guys think about Alden Ehrenreich joining the Marvel Ironheart series? Let us know as we move on to our next story. Nick, this is my favorite story that we're going to talk about. (laughs) I'm so happy about this. I don't think you understand how happy I am about this story. So this is an exclusive from Bloody Disgusting, which is a really funny and fun website by the way if you're a horror fan are they pretty reliable too they are yeah like this is really happening deadline i think deadline confirmed it after this posted oh cool so a film came out in 2018 that i fucking love and i think it's one of the few that you me and kyler agree on Mm -hmm. and this film is called ready or not yeah incredible amazing yes especially the end that that might be that's in contention for my favorite movie ending of all time like what a setup. For that joke too, and like you, I, and the thing is, that joke only works if you are convinced they won't do it, and I was convinced they were not going to do it. Yeah, and when it happened, oh my god! If you have not watched Ready or Not, please, please do yourself the favor and watch it. But anyway, the filmmakers of that film went on to direct Scream Five. Mm-hmm. Big fan of the Scream franchise, was happy to hear that. I loved Scream Five. More Scream Six news: We may have lost Nev Campbell, but we have added Samara Weaving who was the lead in Ready or Not, and she, yes. she's a great actress, by the way. She's been she's been working hard a lot the past few years, but also, I don't want to go, you know, because obviously, Samara Weaving is the big one I want to talk about, but let Tony Revolori is also in the film. Fantastic. And I love Tony Revolori. He,
1: I love him in uh, The Grand Budapest movie. I was about to say
0: that! So good. He's so good. So good. And I love him as Flash Thompson in the MCU as well. Yes, very good. But, Perfect for those yes, movies. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, you know, he loves the stuff. He loves movies, so this is going to be really fun for him. But Samara Weaving, dude, like the first time i was that's, introdu- a, that's a get the first time i was introduced to her was i mean obviously in a reunion for the directors of ready or not yeah i was first introduced to her on ash versus evil dead
1: yes yeah, she, oh, she she was on that show. she was on
0: it for two episodes yeah and then she had a brief role in three billboards she played the um the new wife of francis mcdormand's ex mm-hmm. and she's in it for like three scenes but she's great and uh she was in the new bill and ted she's in a lot of stuff yeah she's a great actress And I am, she's one of my favorites working today. I love her. She is so good. And we are finally going to get her joining the Scream franchise. Here's what Bloody Disgusting had to say. Ghostface returns to theaters with the sixth installment of the Scream franchise next year. And this time, the surviving characters are heading to New York. The film is already deep into production, yet the entire cast has not been revealed. In fact, Bloody Disgusting can exclusively report that horror maven Samara Weaving has joined the cast of Scream 6 alongside Tony Rebellori interestingly radio silence those are the directors of the film who are both back behind the camera for the sixth film had initially reached out for roaring excuse me had recently had initially jesus i can't speak (laughs) reached out to weaving for a role in the last film we were talking about it but our schedules aren't going to work which is a bummer weaving had told collider back in 2020 we talked about it but unfortunately because of scheduling i could not do it well she can now and she's in it nick thoughts on samara weaving joining scream six
1: I think it's a fantastic choice. And Tony I mean, Revolori. Both fantastic choices. I think they're going to add a lot to it and definitely bring a, a presence with them mm-hmm. and a little like, oh, that guy, you know, for people who aren't as as us, you yeah. know. Um, but I remember watching Ash vs. Evil Dead with you and those two episodes came and you're like, she's going to be in so many horror movies. <laughs> I did say that. <laughs> and she was and she did a bunch of other stuff too that she was fantastic you know she was in that one movie with uh daniel Radcliffe, guns akimbo yes that movie's hysterical very good (laughs) very good she's a great action actress too on top of the horror and Mm -hmm. the comedy like ready or not was just like a boom here she is uh and uh, the same thing, uh, uh, Jenna Ortega has become a huge yeah uh, Dude, she's having movie. a
0: hell of a year, dude.
1: Fantastic. But well, she's, she's been in like three horror movies this year. Yeah, dude.
0: Well, she was, dude, she was in Scream. She was yeah. in a great, she's in a great movie on HBO Max right now called The Fallout. Yeah. And it's really good. Did you watch it? No, not yet. It's really good. Watch it. And she was an X. She was an X. She had a small role
1: in Studio 666. Mm-hmm. So you're going to put two of the best horror working actresses in a movie together sign me up dude it's gonna be good i mean
0: I, dude, it was scream six i was going i, I was going to scream six right? anyway they they said in
1: new york the cowards won't set it at a ski lodge yet
0: <laughs> give me
1: Ghostface on skis stabbing someone with the you know the, <laughs> the things that'd be amazing
0: we did lose niv campbell which i'm still
1: <laughs> about but i think i think i think they'll get her
0: I hope I, so, dude. I, th-
1: I think they'll get her because I think she'll be in 7. Mm-hmm. And I think, if it gets a 7, I think she'd be in 7. And I think it'll be like a post-credit thing in 6. That'd be cool.
0: I would love that. You know me. I'd love more Sydney Prescott any day of the week. Yeah. But, uh, but yes, what do you guys think about uh, Samara Weaving and Tony Revolori joining the cast of Scream 6? Let us know in the comments as we go on to our next story. So there's a film out right now that I haven't got a chance to see yet. But I've heard really, really good things. Mm-hmm. And it's called Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. And I loved the trailer when I saw it. I've seen uh, the... I've
1: seen... I, I, there's a, well, I think there's like a handful of them. But I've seen some of the shorts on YouTube that inspired the movie. Mm-hmm. And they're really good.
0: Yeah, it, it looks super yeah. adorable, super cute. Well, um, people in the industry must be loving it. Because the director of that film, whose name I believe is Dean Fleischer, mm-hmm. has been tapped to direct the live-action Lilo and Stitch movie for Disney. Here's what Deadline had to say. Following the critical success of his movie, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Dean Fleischer Camp, I'm sorry, Camp, Dean mm-hmm. Fleischer Camp, had found has found his next project as he's been tapped to direct the live-action adaptation of the classic animated pick Lilo and Stitch for Disney. Uh, Dan Lin and Jonathan Erek of Rideback are producing. Rideback's Ryan ha- Halprin is an executive producer. Unknown at this time, is whether well the film be theatrical or Disney+. Plus, uh, Chris Bright is in negotiations to write the script. Mike Van Waste wrote a previous draft. So, here's what I'll say. When I heard the news of doing live action, Lilo and Stitch, I was like, I don't give a shit because I'm kind of getting sick of the Disney live action thing. Mm-hmm. However, we have had The Jungle Book. Mm-hmm. We've had Aladdin. Fuck you if you didn't like the guy, Richie <laughs> Aladdin. I'm kidding. You're allowed to not like movies. You know, we it's all love here. And Corella. I love that movie. Can we talk about Cruella that for a second? Fantastic. It was fucking great. I have not seen Kenneth Branagh Cinderella, although I've heard it's very good. It's pretty solid, yeah. I, I have didn't not, know
1: he directed that until now, but it's a solid I have not came.
0: liked any of the other ones. I liked Pete's Dragon. Pete's Dragon was okay.
1: You were just angry because there was a baby crying the whole time.
0: You know what? That's fair. Maybe I should give it another Watch shot. Watch it again. You were, I should, I should he, give it another shot. He was
1: in a mood. He was not enjoying it. They wouldn't
0: leave with their baby. Yeah. We
1: could have been watching Avengers Endgame, and he would have been like, that movie sucked.
0: You know my thing with babies and movie <laughs> I know, theaters. I know, I know, I just, know. Just take them outside, <laughs> you know? I understand getting a babysitter is hard. I really get it. But, but if you're going to have the baby, guess what? You got to be mindful of people around you, you know? <laughs> it's, you know, it's not our fault. This is what's going to get us canceled. The moms are going to come for yep. us. It's not our fault that your kid sucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. But but anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, listen. But learning that... With that being said, learning that they're going out to get indie filmmakers to make these things, that excites me. Because yeah. most of these films have been made by pretty established, well-known blockbuster filmmakers, with the exception... I think Barry Jenkins is doing The Light Lion King 2, which I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, random. Right. No, yeah. yeah, but um, but this... I am now on board with the film, because I love the animated film, but I'm now on board because of them getting Dean Camp. And I cannot wait to see Marcel the Shell with shoes on. What are your thoughts on this whole thing? Uh you know
1: I've I've never really had an issue with the Disney live action. I'm always looked forward to them. Um and I, I know people get angry cuz like oh my god Aladdin was my favorite, you know. Lion King was my favorite. You, you hate to see kind of a remake of something that you love. Lilo and Stitch is my favorite Disney movie animated. Oh, okay. Yes. So when they said the live action I was like You know, that was the one you yeah, I finally understood. Um but seeing the the trailer and having seen the shorts, which are directed by the director, same mm-hmm. director, and Jenny Slate's in the shorts as well. Okay,
0: it,
1: there's a lot of heart, which I think is a big part of the Lilo and Stitch story. And I think he can handle that. And honestly, it made me actually intrigued and excited for it. If I'm being honest, yeah,
0: yeah. No, I'm so, I'm looking forward to it we'll, too. We'll, we should go see Marcel the Shell with Shoes on we this should. week.
1: Yeah. If we can Ooh. find it, if it's, I think it's like a limited release.
0: Yeah, it might be at the Enzian. Yeah.
1: Oh, maybe. I'm yeah, not. I'm not look. sure
0: though. Have mm-hmm. to look. Let us know what you guys think about the news of the director of Marcel the Shell with Shoes on joining the live action Lilo and Stitch. Let us know as we move on to our final story today. Sorry, we had and to, it's a doozy. It's a doozy, and sorry, we had to make it quick because Better Call Saul comes on in a few minutes. We can't, <laughs> can't miss that shit. Um, my alleged celebrity doppelganger, which I don't see it. I get it all. The time, dude. really? I swear to God. Hannah, when we first met on our first date, she brought it up. All of her friends bring it up. People at my job bring it up. I don't see it. She did
1: the first date move. Have anyone ever told you you look like...
0: You it might, might have been the second date. And you're still with her. It might have been the yeah. second date. You know, she's going to watch this. like Red flag. I'll take her on. <laughs> she, was coming for my, she was coming for my job last week. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but anyway, what we're talking about is Deadline is reporting. A lot of Deadline stories. Um... <laughs> The uh, fake Madam Webb movie that's allegedly coming out. <laughs> gotcha. We almost had our first movie night spit take. <laughs> I knew it was that. All right. Uh, the fake Madam Webb movie has just cast Adam Scott in an unknown role. And he even tweeted about it. Yeah. He's excited. So, this is what Deadline had to say. After landing an Emmy nomination for his critically hailed role in Severance, Adam Scott looks to have already found his next project, as sources tell Deadline he is set to join the cast of Sony Pictures' Madam Web, starring Dakota Johnson. Also on board are Sydney Sweeney, Celeste O'Connor, Isabel Merst, Emma Roberts, and Tahar Rahim for director S.J. Clarkson. Matt Sazama and Burke Sharpless penned the screenplay with Kareem Sangha writing a previous draft. Sony had no comment on his casting, which means it's fucking true. So, um, look, I don't want to go off about this movie again. <laughs> we've done it. We've done it enough. I'm just, I just want to know what it is, because like, what the fuck, how and why, you know? Uh, but if you want our previous thoughts on this matter, what movie? Just go back. we will be bringing it up at some it's point. Probably in the thumbnail. Yeah. Um, Adam Scott, though, big fan. Yes. And here's the thing: a lot of people know him as Ben Wyatt from Parks and Rec. It's one of his most known roles. And he's great in it. I haven't watched Severance yet. I've heard it's amazing. I'm going to watch it. My first exposure to him, because sometimes it's the first one that like really, that mm-hmm. like that's just how you see them. And it's hilarious because it's his role that he's most unalike.
1: Stepbrother. It's the, <laughs> the brother.
0: And I love him in that role so much. He's, so he's the best part of that movie. He's so good. So good. He plays the dick so well. Yes. And, like, and it's amazing that, like, when I watched him in Parks and Rec, like, that was a big jump for me. And yeah. usually it's the opposite. People, like, jump to Step Brothers and they're like, oh, my God. Like, this yeah. is him. And it's so, he's so good. But, but look. See, he played a dick in
1: both the early seasons of Park and, Parks and Rec. It he wasn't was not kind a, of. But it was, like, a lovable dick. Yeah.
0: You know? Yeah. Yeah. He was the guy that would just correct you and was right. Yeah. Yeah. pretty much he wasn't the guy that would (laughs) go up in the treehouse show off his abs and say i haven't had a carb since 2004 (laughs) i love when they're in the
1: car singing that's my favorite (laughs) yes and he's like
0: twelve hundred dollars a week (laughs) on singing lessons and this is what you give me i'm gonna save it with this solo you want to watch Step Brothers after this yeah yeah i do actually (laughs) so good um but yeah, look, I love Adam Scott, and I'm excited that he's going to be in this fake movie. Uh, what do you th- what do you think about Adam Scott being cast in Madam Webb? Right, here's, here's the thing. The cast,
1: very good. Adam Scott is just coming off of the Apple TV show Severance that has gotten a boatload of Emmy nominations. Mm-hmm. Sydney Sweeney is on the TV show Euphoria. Which also does very well critically and is a very popular show. Uh, Dakota Johnson was wasn't she just nominated last year for uh the Olivia Coleman movie? Uh The Lost Daughter? No, no, that wasn't her. Oh no, I thought she she was in it though. Okay. Right, wasn't she the I I never saw Lost Daughter, so oh, I don't know. Yeah, Dakota I thought she was nominated, but she was in it, which got Oscar nominated and she didn't but She's um, a good actress. She's she's been in very good stuff. She's a very good actress. Yeah. Uh Emma Roberts. Uh the American Horror Story. Scream 4, Scream 4 American Horror <laughs> Story, Scream Queens, like these are talented mm-hmm. people working.
0: Aquamarine, bro. Aquamarine. How did you not bring up Aqu- Aquamarine? But,
1: but the point I'm getting to is especially like in the case of like Adam Scott and Sydney Sweeney. Uh also Sydney Sweeney cuz she's such, she's a younger actress. Any Manager agent worth their salt would look at these movies, especially post Mor. The fact that it's right after Morbius, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> it would be like no, mm-hmm. or yeah, you know, like don't look, look, you know. So it begs the question: what did what did they show them? And what does that script look like? I know
0: exactly what they showed them: that a truck full of money. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they showed them. Yeah, but
1: still, like,
0: you would think some,
1: like, the fact that it got, you know, it, it makes me intrigued enough to want to see it, because it's like, oh, you see Jared Leto's Morbius, and you're like, alright, yeah, but, like, no one else in that cast was like, yeah, maybe Tyrese, but Tyrese mm-hmm. isn't a whack job anyway, Tyre yeah. um, you know, the Venom movies are Tom Hardy, uh, Carrie Mulligan mm-hmm. in them, somehow, yeah, <laughs> um so you know when you're seeing that and you're seeing a cast this big with this many talented stars something's got to be going on yeah that is good and i like to give them the benefit of the doubt for that
0: yeah i if mean it's a Madam webb movie yeah if it's a Madam webb movie we'll see we'll see i doubt it but yeah i mean you bring up a lot of good points i mean mm-hmm. hey we'll serve judgment we'll see mm-hmm. we'll see after craven Craven, the non-hunter. Can't wait, yeah, another Russell Crowe movie. <laughs> yeah, right? Isn't he? Yeah, he is he is in it. He's not. He's not going to be Zeus. <laughs>
1: no, he's not. Oh man. <laughs> well, well, that no is... Russian, though, we're going to get another crazy accent.
0: Yep. Yes. Yes. Amazing! Amazing. Well. That's all the show we have for you guys today. Don't forget to follow all the links to the amazing short film, The Fallen. Yes. Thank you again to all those guys who came on to be interview with us. Nick, do you have anything you want to add? Glad to be back. Glad to have you back. Mm-hmm. I forgot my <laughs> outro. <laughs> I was going to hold it for a really long time and just make it avant-garde. <laughs>
1: Just invert that part too,
0: like put it upside down <laughs> yeah. on the screen. Uh, well, thank you guys so much for watching. That's what it is. That's there what I go. say. Yeah. Oh, man. I literally was pausing because I'm like, what the fuck do I say <laughs> when I end these? I freaking forgot. It's I'm been a tired. long day, guys. I'm yeah, sorry. it's been really long. Thank you guys so much for watching, and we'll see you next time.